You can't control Montreal sauce. You can't handle the sauce. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. So how's it going? It goes. It goes? It goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, my mind is a a puzzle. Oh, okay. Doesn't quite fit together. Ah. Have you found all the corner pieces yet? <laughs> That's what I need to do. <laughs> Start with the corners, then then the edges, and then you just kind of work your way into the middle. Well, my brain is round. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you may you may have an issue then. Yes, yes. No, I uh I'm working uh with this application um it's a standalone application on Mac, but it's a plugin on Windows called uh Pixplant and okay. it is a piece of software to help you make um texture yeah, well patterns and textures that are seamless. Ah, okay. So for like video game backgrounds and 3D work, that kind of stuff. And um, that application is quite frustrating because you just give it a picture and it's like, I'm going to make this seamless for you, bro. And then (laughs) it renders it out and you wait and it does like a line at a time. Okay. And and you wait and you're like, oh, looking good. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's horribly wrong. (laughs) <laughs> what did you just do? It's it's pretty funny. It's uh I've gotten a lot better at it in the last week, but um it's it's the most frustrating when you actually do have a pattern and it needs to continue it. That seems to be the problem. Okay. <laughs> like if you just go take a picture of your wonderful marble counter in your kitchen, you say, I wanna make this a seamless texture, it's like, eh, how do you like this? And you're like, mm, try again. And you just keep hitting the generate button until it gets rid of something that maybe keeps reappearing. And sure, then yeah. It's golden. But if you give it like a brick wall, it's like, hey, so the grout should be here? And you're like, no, that's not even lining up with the other grout. What are you doing? <laughs> yes, it's been uh, a frustrating uh, time. Yeah. And, and managing time, it's like, okay, maybe I should just give up on this one and move on because... Uh, but I just wouldn't give up today, which is why I was like kind of pushing things and running late because I was like, "No, we are so close." <laughs> right. I can feel victory in my grasp. My my friend said, "You know what? Just generate a few, and if it doesn't work, find one that looks good enough, and then bring it back into Photoshop and tweak it. As long as you don't, like you said, have to tweak the corners where it comes right. back together, you're fine." Right. And so I just, I said, this will save time. I'm just going to fix this one, even though it looks atrocious. And by the time I got done fixing it, I was like, oops, that was a long time I just spent on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's been my adventure lately. Oh, look, it's you in the chat room. Yeah. We're chatting together. Chatting buddies. (laughs) Chatting, Chatting in the chat room and on the show crazy that's right (laughs) so um i have been sort of pursuing more guests um i saw that yeah and uh 
As I, I had a big list of ideas when we were on hiatus of like people to invite, and then I turned to my wife yesterday and I said, I can't remember a single person now. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't write it down in my other brain ever note. It was just sort of like a passing, like, oh, I'm going to ask that person, and I right. never did. Right. So today I sort of, instead of making show notes for the show, I was like, who else can we have? And the one person that I came up with, and um, we'll have to hunt him down, but uh, we should probably have on the show Mr. Sean Hancock. I agree. We (laughs) definitely need to have him on the show. Yeah, I was like thinking of people, and I actually opened up the contacts in my phone, which is ridiculous because (laughs) probably have like five contacts um, in Canada, and yet my phone, because it's uh, Android, I just got everything over from my old phone, right? It's all stored in somewhere in Google. So Right. So I have five contacts that I can actually call in Canada, and the rest of my phone book is all in America. <laughs> so I was zooming through it, and uh, I got to the bottom, and I was like, oh, there's someone we need to have on the show, because Sean is at the bottom, because... Um, we were both really into a lot of TV shows, but we were both into a big uh, Futurama phase when he and I worked together. And uh, Oh, yeah. So he put me in his phone as the space pope, or reptilian, <laughs> reptilian space pope, yes. and I put him in my phone as zombie Jesus. <laughs> so naturally, he is very far down there. Yeah, so he was at the bottom, and I was like, oh, and then my brain's like, it's Sean. And I was like, what's his last name again? Because my phone <laughs> says his name is Zombie Jesus. Right, exactly. Jesus, comma, like, zombie. Like, I don't think if I put that name in social media, I'll find him. <laughs> I think, uh, I think actually on Twitter, he is Emperor Nixon. That's what it was. Yes. Which is yeah. the, which is of course the reference to, uh, our, yep. um, Star Wars project that we did. Nice. Yes. Oh, there you go. There's a, there's a, something you can play like pre-live shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, this is me a few years ago doing a million voices. <laughs> <laughs> and then like every five minutes, you'll have to record over top of it. This is done in parody and is in no way right claiming copyright over... <laughs> right, right, exactly. Disney's. <laughs> this is not sponsored or making money in any way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. To our dissatisfaction. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if it was, we would totally spend some time on it and redo it. <laughs> <laughs> It has to have that like perfect amount of almost not very good because then like they won't come after you. Yeah, exactly. I like that. That's a new uh something can be well done, something can be like excellent, or something can be horrible, and then something can be almost not good. <laughs> Trademark sick days. Trademark sick days, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, you were telling me that you are experimenting with C file on your uh, Raspberry Pi, which I'm intrigued by because I had saw that mentioned in the ArcOS forums. And so when I perused the page, I was like, that's really slick because the first thing I think of when I think Dropbox is file sync. Right, and when you look at own cloud, they're like, "Hey, buddy, we do file sync." And oh, did you want to sync your contacts? I was like, I never really thought about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so C file looked really cool because you, it's more of a file sync. But then they're sort of like, "Hey, look at us. We've got another service." Is um, sort of like. Uh, a workspace where you can like work with someone like not a live chat, but yeah, kind of like a collaborative editing, almost like um, yeah. Google Docsy kind of uh, thing. What was that thing that Google had? Buzz was Buzz, right? Uh, Buzz. No, I know what you're talking about. Wave, Google Wave. wave. Yes, yeah. ride ride the wave. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun to try to remember all the names. Yeah, the the tidal wave of what the hell does this thing do and how would I use it? <laughs> right, right. But yeah, C-File um, I have been playing with uh, primarily because um, OwnCloud uh, is just too darn slow on the Raspberry Pi to really run well. Um, I suspect there are probably things that could be done to speed it up, get it working better. Um, but most of those things are fairly low level anyway. So, uh, what I ended up doing was, uh, I re, well, what I did was I got a separate SD card cause I still have my Arc OS install on, on an SD card floating around here somewhere, but just cause I wanted to do more experimentation and I haven't really like locked in my setup yet. Um, I put in a new SD card and I installed Raspbian and then just from a bare Raspbian install, I installed C file on top of that. And what I will say is, um, so the magic of arc OS is in its installer, um, how you can pretty much just kind of blast it onto an SD card and get up and running with it. And it kind of guides you through the setup process and you do, um, some of the installs and, uh, for the most part, as long as you don't try to do too much at once, cause again, it is a raspberry Pi. Um, it works pretty seamlessly to get everything installed and up and running for you. Um, and it's still in beta as well. So a lot of the things where you might run into a hiccup are probably things that are going to work their way out, uh, by the time ArcOS hits 1.0. Um, C file on the other hand, although the product itself, I feel like is pretty finished. It's, it's actually version three is the latest, uh, that's out right now. Um, installing it definitely requires a little bit more sysadmin knowledge, um, than doing so with ArcOS. Like you pretty much, the install process is, hey, download this tar file and expand it into wherever you want to expand it into. And then uh, run the install script. And it's kind of opaque. Um, their documentation is, 
is pretty good in terms of how you actually use the software, but getting it installed, it's pretty opaque as to what exactly it's going to do. So uh, I would give them like a C, C minus on the um, install process of C file. Um, But once it is up and running, it is far and away faster than own cloud um, just for doing regular file syncing. And I have felt like it's a lot more reliable too. Um, now one thing that's interesting that they both have in common is they both have, uh, web dev endpoints. So if you have software, um, that knows how to talk to web dev, um, for example, a lot of iPhone, uh, or iOS, uh, work clients, since there's no such thing as a file system on iOS, they're just going to pretend that the entire history of computing doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) a lot of, a lot of iOS apps have implemented, well, Dropbox for one, but if you don't want to use Dropbox, a lot of these, uh, same clients and pieces of software also have uh, web dev support built into them. Uh, interestingly enough, even Apple's apps, uh, numbers, pages, and Keynote on iOS have web dev support built into them. So if you have a web dev server, you can load and save files to a remote server uh, that's not iCloud, uh, which I have to say surprised the hell out of me. Um, and I used that just because uh, um, Apple likes open standards uh, when it benefits them, and it uh, plugs their plugs their ears and closes their eyes uh when they're when they're not interested in it. So uh I was really surprised to find that there was web dev support uh in those in those apps. Neither here nor there. I tried that with both OwnCloud and C file and I would say it works pretty well with both of them. Um but the same caveat applies in that OwnCloud is much slower. And to be fair to OwnCloud it is, well, really both of these products, I would say, are probably designed to be run um, on a larger server. Um, yeah. In, a, in fact, both of these products, I would say, are also kind of designed to be uh, multiple user. Um, you can set up uh, a number of accounts on both of them. Uh, you can uh, set up folders that are shared between accounts. Um, there's lots of fancy features, a lot of customization that you won't get from just a Dropbox. Um, and so it's, it's actually pleasantly surprising to me that C file is so fast on a, uh, on a Raspberry Pi. Um, but that is what I would recommend if you're looking to set up something that's sort of Dropbox like, um, plus I, I just feel like C file is a little bit more stable, at least for that use. Now, like you said, uh, own cloud is trying to do a lot of other things too, like contact sync and calendar sync and a bunch of other stuff, um, which I never really got around to messing with a whole lot. I tried the calendars for a little bit and, uh, I got it working with my phone, but couldn't get it working with my Mac. So I kind of stepped away from that too. Yeah, I, um, I had a similar experience. I did finally get the calendar working with my uh, phone, but um, actually I didn't try so hard on the Mac. But um, yeah, it was kind of a, the calendar to set up was not uh, as easy as I thought it should be. Um, but yeah, C-File does definitely sound much more interesting 
to me because of the speed thing as well. Um, like you said, when you connected to mine, it was quite slow. And um, <clears throat> I, I, when I tried to send uh, a link to a friend, he said that <clears throat> it, uh, I think he just said it was like a white screen and never gave him like an error message, right? Because mm, it was yeah. taking so long to render. So, so yeah, that's, um, I mean, but it, as far as own cloud, it works great on mobile devices, you know, that have the app. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And the app works really well. Um, yeah, uh, for own cloud, I, I was, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very impressed with the polish on both systems. Um, so if it was going to come down to it, I think, um, speed is probably the biggest factor that you're looking at. And if you're, if you're putting, um, any significant horsepower behind your server, you're probably not going to notice that much of a difference between the two systems. Um, but if you're, if you're scaling things all the way down to Raspberry Pi, um, <laughs> C file, uh, is gonna, is gonna do better for you. Mostly because I, 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 I'm pretty sure C file is mostly Python, uh, which means, uh, it's actually, um, well, not strictly compiled, but it's compiled to the point where the interpreter isn't doing all that much work, whereas OwnCloud is uh, PHP from the top down. And I don't know how much on ArcOS is being done to um, like cache any of that PHP, but I'm guessing that it's fairly early days, and so there's not a lot of caching, which means there's probably a lot of work that the Raspberry Pi has to do just to run OwnCloud. Yeah, um, I do remember reading in the uh, forums that that was the, uh, the that was like the issue. Obviously, is that the PHP is a big deal, but um, it it did seem like uh, it sounds like ArcOS is either going to move to something of their own making or something else. They're they're saying something is coming to do a better job at that than own cloud. So I don't know what that uh, is i haven't really talked to him uh, that's actually another person i thought of asking to guest as well <laughs> yeah yeah he would be great um since we <laughs> arc os and raspberry pi keeps coming uh, coming up as a recurring topic on the show yeah, yeah. free yourself uh, from the grasp of dropbox and google <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah but the uh the other thing I saw this week too is like you can, which makes sense, but you can uh, turn your Raspberry Pi into a router. Oh, okay. I, I thought it would be kind of interesting. I guess you would probably have to have like some sort of USB hub or something to make it, uh, to or some kind of hub to make it have more Ethernet ports. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a curious idea just because. It definitely would be more powerful than your run-of-the-mill router, you know. Sure. Um, and that's one of the issues. Um, I know own cloud is slow, and I know you have to go through uh, my ISP to get to it as well. But um, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'm almost thinking of upgrading my router because... Uh, I'm kind of curious if I would get a little bit of an increase if there's like a bottleneck there. Um, just because 
right now my setup is so sort of crazy. Um, <laughs> I just know enough to get in trouble when it comes to networking. I don't know enough uh, sure. to really make it work. But um, but yeah, I'm using uh, the old school. I think I've discussed it before. The old school links is like uh, what is it like the WR or GR forty fifty four whatever. Yeah, the classic, the 54G or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm using that with uh, DDWRT on it and um, so that I can control a bunch of other settings. But what I find is um, I was super excited when I got both of my uh, Linux boxes up and running things for me. Um, so then I was like, well, now that I have these machines all around the house, uh, it'd be nice to be able to pass files through the network rather than drop it in Dropbox and then grab it. Like that's why are we going out that far? So sure, I set up uh, Samba Share and all of them, and I thought, like you know, look at me, I'm learning. This is awesome, <laughs> and, and uh, of course, therein I just described the problem is that I'm on my own network, so Samba Share is like totally slow going through that like eight-year-old router <laughs> it like doesn't yeah. have enough memory right and i'm assuming that there's probably some caching done on the router's end during a samba share so it's just super slow <laughs> yeah yeah there's probably a buffer somewhere where it has to it has to sit yeah and i think um my router uh I had set it. I I had set it up for um, my VPN, and my VPN. Um, the way to set that up, there is like a GUI way to do it in DDWRT, but the instructions were to do it with scripting, and I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so I had found some instructions to do it, and I was all set, but. I learned that this uh, Linksys router is so old, it's got, you know, like literally probably like two megabytes of internal memory, right? Right, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> something super <laughs> tiny. Yeah. And it, not even enough to store the script that I need to run my VPN. <laughs> so um, I have another router, a Buffalo, which pretty much has the same Broadcom chip in it. So it also has DDWRT in it, and it has a whopping like four megabytes of <laughs> RAM. And so <laughs> I was able to get the script on that and the VPN working in the living room with that router. So I already know that I'm dealing with like a memory issue. So I haven't really messed with like buffer settings in the router itself or in DDWRT because I know I'm in trouble. Sure. Like the the one that I have the VPN on now, um, I use the setting in DDWRT to reset that uh, router at um, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Because if I don't, for some reason, there's like the buffer gets full or something. I don't I'm assuming that's a problem, like there's a leak or something, <laughs> yeah. memory leak. Yeah. But, you know, like I'd wake up the next day and not have any internet out in the living room, but it works fine in here. So I'm like, well, okay. that's weird. Yeah. And so I would reset the router and work fine. So I said, well, okay, just reset yourself every day. <laughs> and so I know I'm dealing with some issues like that. So I was like, you know, it might just be better to upgrade and maybe just go back to one router instead of like 3,000. Yeah, right. 
because I also have uh, a terribly uncustomizable um, Airport Extreme. And so uh, I have that behind the Linksys just running the Wi-Fi <laughs> because it has N and G. Sure. Yeah, and the Linksys doesn't have that, so my phone can use you know N, and so can the laptop and the tablet. So, <laughs> so they can talk to each other super fast, but as soon as they have to like hit the Linksys to go out <laughs> to the internet, it's like, <laughs> yeah, hey buddy, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna need you to get this file. Wait, what file? Yeah. This file. <laughs> Hi, I'm a router. <laughs> That has been yes the issue for sure, and the uh, both um, both of my uh, Linux boxes too. They both seem to be like, hey, 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 look at me. I'm here. Do you need to share something? I'm here. And then like, I look in the Finder window <laughs> and, and uh, OS X, and they're like, I'm not here. Right. <laughs> And the one is the old iMac, and it has Subsonic on it. So then I open up like a window and type in the Subsonic address. Can I listen to music right now? Oh, sure you can. I'm like, well, then where's the Samba share? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, your domain controller is down. Uh, we didn't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Those so Samba, point, Samba, Samba shares are just Samba shares are just crazy anyway. Everything, yeah. Everybody has to be on the same work group, and like, there's just this weird, like, old school 1988 networking going on there. Yeah, I uh, I realized that after getting it all set up, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, you know, I don't, I don't really want to have to like tunnel through to get to it just because it's on the VPN now. Like, what the heck? Right. Sure. The uh, the wife says, um, I, I said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot there's a podcast tonight. So I made, <laughs> made her dinner, and I was really good. And uh, then um, she says, hey, uh, that means I can't use the internet. And I was like, no, you can use the internet. I don't want to be a jerk. <laughs> right. <laughs> I used to I used to say go play like an Xbox game or something. It'll be fun. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and do something uh, offline. <laughs> yeah. Don't you want to do something offline? Right. And then she, um, so then she was moping about it, and I was like, "Oh no, you can, uh, you can use the internet. Go ahead." She's like, "No, I can't, and I don't want to mess up your podcast." And I said, "Well." Recently, I was talking to my mother on the VoIP phone, and um, I came out and I saw you were watching Netflix. So uh, I didn't notice any horrible call issues with my mother. So I guess you can use the interwebs if you wish. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, chances are the router will take care of you since there's some crazy hookup. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The bottleneck is at the modem. Otherwise, all the routers don't know about each other. It's fine. <laughs> they they don't know they're all so busy. It's fine. Right, right. That VPN one out there that she's connected to is going to just, you know, 
it's routing the traffic and handling everything there on that end. And then the one doing this show is handling everything here. They don't know about each other. It's fine. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the cable modem right now that is smoking. <laughs> it's so weird. Like just a second ago, I was talking to you and now your face is gone. Yep. Well, I was uh, due to due to the sun going down. I was about to fade out entirely anyway, so I might as well not be sending black frames across the internet all the way to you. You're just going to be eyes and teeth. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm the Cheshire cat. Yes, or Partly faded away. Or those. Um, in my day, we had those horrible. Uh, what did they call them? Like reflections or something like the school pictures you could get. Where you would get your school photo taken at school and then you could choose a style and then there was this reflection style, which was like, here's a picture of you, but then in the corner, here's your face again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it was always a terrible mistake for my African-American friends to to make because they would literally just be like eyes and teeth and then they'd be like, we want new photos. This is not working because <laughs> it was like a black background and then right. like put your face in the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, I'm looking at, uh, maybe upgrading routers. Um, although I, I still think I might leave the one out there with the VPN on it because, <laughs> It's like my um, our TV currently is just like the perfect distance away from this room to like get perfect Wi-Fi. Sure, it it'll work, but then like it kind of hiccups, and when there's a router out there, it's like, yeah, buddy, no problem. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my setup is. Well, there's not as many routers involved. There's only there's only <laughs> a um I have a time capsule. Um and uh that's that's the primary router as well as the backup system for everything. Um but then I have uh that goes into a um so the modem goes into that, then the time capsule has multiple things attached to it, like basically every Ethernet port is filled up. One of those Ethernet ports goes to a switch that's downstairs in the basement, and that switch connects all of the uh wiring that's that was actually already in the house. Um so I have Ethernet ports all around the house that are hooked in. Um but they're hooked into that switch, which then hooks into the time capsule, which then hooks into the internet. Um And then the line that goes up into the office, where I'm situated right now, um, that line connects to another switch in my office, which actually connects the laptop that is running Skype right now, the iMac that's running the recording session right now, and there's multiple other ports on it. So when we have, you know, our guest and the second laptop is up and running, that one's plugged in via the network. So the good thing is that they're all hardwired. The bad thing is uh, there's two switches, a router, and then a very poor uh, Comcast, not Comcast, charter supplied modem um, between between <laughs> us, our audio, and the internet. Um, and I'm always worried that like, okay, there's at least four pieces of hardware in between the signal and the internet, and that 
um, one of those things is going to fail and I'm not even going to know it until like all of a sudden Chris isn't talking to me anymore because, uh, something failed. One of the two switches failed or the time capsule decided to give up or whatever that is. And you can't see my video. So you thought I failed. (laughs) So yeah, that's, uh, that is tricky. Yeah. I, I mean, at least, at least they're hardwired because the office is on completely the opposite end of the house from the time capsule. So if I were trying to do this wireless, I can almost guarantee that it wouldn't work or there would be a lot more Skype dropouts than there are. Um, but having all of those switches in there isn't, isn't super comforting. My, my goal would be to eventually move both the modem and the time capsule so that they are down in the basement where the cable actually comes in. Um, because then the time capsule could sit there where that switch is and hook up the whole house. And then I could just have two switches that both connect to the time capsule and kind of eliminate some of the daisy chaining going on. But, um, I haven't taken the time to make that a project yet. And because I would then be sticking the time capsule in the basement, um, the things that do use Wi-Fi would get worse signal if they're not plugged in. Um, and so that right i don't i'm not ready to do that yet either <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just reminded me i was like oh yeah that's been something i've been meaning to do is i had everything here on the desk um plugged into ethernet and then i moved the imac into the laundry room um because it's crazy loud and uh, hopefully someday want to replace it anyway. Um, and then um, I got the ArcOS sitting here underneath my monitor. So uh, my Ethernet cable is now plugged into ArcOS instead of my laptop right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the cable that I had for the iMac is somewhere on the floor and needs to be like dragged up here so that I could plug it in. I was recently, um, we were testing something uh, with my wife's laptop, so I I plugged her into the Ethernet and totally forgot. Maybe that's why I'm all weird sounding. It's the wireless. That that could be. Wireless (laughs) (laughs) Wi-Fi. Uh. Yeah, so what are your thoughts about um, MacBook Airs? MacBook Airs. Um, I just, I've noticed some conversation lately. A lot of people are you know, debating, like, I think I might get an Air instead of a new MacBook Pro. And I'm like, you're crazy because the back of my head is still saying it's like 2005 or six when they came out and they were like the ultimate like PC user argument against Apple because <laughs> they were like all like logo and name and absolutely no hardware. Right. Yeah. They were and very pretty. They were very thin and they were very expensive and they were very underpowered. Yeah. And I know the newer ones, like everyone seems like a gog about retina screens. But I know the newer ones are supposed to be a little more powerful, but 
I just I still find it strange when I'm looking at like chats and cupcake and things and people are like, I don't know if I'm gonna get an Air or MacBook Pro. I'm like, that seems like two different things to me still. Like Sure. I think if you need like the power, you, you that's not even a question. It's like saying, Do I wanna get, you know, a netbook or a laptop? Like you probably <laughs> those are two things you don't compare, like you're you can get a netbook, then you should maybe be comparing netbook and tablet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, at one point at work, uh, I contemplated because um, it was kind of we were kind of in a position where we were going to be hiring. So I had the opportunity to like get a new laptop for myself and get somebody else a different laptop, or give somebody else my laptop. Um, and at the time, I was using the. Uh, now discontinued uh 17 inch macbook pro uh which is a monster and i think because it was such a monster and because um that actually made me not want to like pull it off my desk and carry it around with me all that much i was gonna go in completely the opposite direction and be like why don't you get me a 13 inch macbook air but then also get me a thunderbolt display so that when I'm sitting at my desk, I have a gigantic monitor and I can get plenty of stuff done with it. Um, and yet, I have no hesitation unplugging my laptop and taking it to a meeting because it's tiny and light. And that will make me very happy. And I was doing a lot of traveling for work at the time, too. So, like, cutting down on the weight was way more important to me than having the speed and daily usage. Um I am not uh, traveling nearly as much anymore, um, and I did end up moving to a 15-inch rather than a 17-inch, and I will say that just the difference between the 15-inch MacBook Pro and the 17-inch MacBook Pro, and this isn't a Retina one, so it's still like the previous generation. It's a little bit thicker than the current 15-inch MacBook Pro, the Retina MacBook Pro. Um, But just that difference was enough change in lightness that it didn't seem like I was suddenly carrying a brick around anymore. Um, So I think if I were trying to make the decision right now and I was looking at like, okay, well, I could get the souped up fast as possible 13-inch MacBook Air, or I could get maybe the 13-inch Retina MacBook Pro or 15-inch Retina MacBook Pro, um, I kind of think I would still end up in that MacBook Pro, Retina MacBook Pro line. Um, and not in the MacBook Air. Um, that said, I, I also feel like if the 13-inch MacBook Air had a Retina display on it, um, I would be really tempted to go with that, just to go for the lightness. Um, but I think to get there, Apple... I don't think the technology is there yet for Apple to be able to power a retina display in a 13 inch MacBook air and maintain the lightness, the battery length or the battery, you know, uh, life and, um, and actually have it feel like a usable machine. I think it would feel like those older, you know, 2007 original MacBook airs again, uh, where it's like, cause what I have heard, I haven't used a 13 inch, um, retina MacBook pro all that much. But I have heard that even that one still feels kind of underpowered when you're using it at the full retina resolution. Like, 
moving windows around and scrolling can feel a little bit choppy. And if that machine is having a hard time doing that, a Retina uh, MacBook Air cannot be in the cards yet. Um, now, I could be totally wrong. It's been 18 months. But on the other hand, um, they did very recently do a minor revision on the MacBook Air. So I don't think new MacBook Airs are coming anytime soon. I think you're going to... They're likely to wait until Intel has a new chip to actually put in it before they rev it again. Um, And you might see a Retina at that time, but that's going to be end of the year at the soonest, probably into 2015 would be my guess. So... To, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess like when you're coding, you don't need a tremendous amount of power as far as uh, that because you're working from, you know, you're working the code that's going to be on the machines with the power. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I guess like an, an air is like a, a pretty decent option just for the, the portability. But uh, I I don't know I was I was saying like I would go MacBook Pro just because I feel that they're short for this world. So I feel like Apple <laughs> is not going to be making like traditional desktops and probably laptops for too much longer. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would go um, for anything media based. Um, like if I'm even cutting audio, I would not want to do that on a MacBook Air. Uh, I'm sure it can be done, and I'm, it's probably not even that painful of an experience. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to be doing that on a MacBook Air. I just feel like I would be taxing it too much. Um, video, certainly not. And I know there are people that edit video on MacBook Airs, um, and I think they're probably a little, a little crazy. Um, I would not do that. I just don't feel like... Uh, first of all, although it probably has enough power to do it, um, they by design are not all that ventilated, and they're they're not really designed to like have the pedal put to the metal on them for continuous lengths of time. So if you're doing a ton of video editing on a MacBook Air, I, I think you're wearing it out pretty fast, um, just because you're um, you're going to be pegging the processor on it pretty hard to be able to do what it's doing. Um, so if I was doing media stuff at all, I would definitely go MacBook Pro. Um, but for coding, uh, you know, for, uh, for doing websites, at least, um, it, the MacBook Air is probably going to be fine um, most of the time, unless you're doing a lot of, like, opening up Photoshop um, and working with comps and trying to move stuff around and doing a bunch of layers and slicing and all kinds of stuff in Photoshop, which I'm sure the MacBook Air could handle as well. But again, you're, it's, it's kind of not designed for that. It's a consumer computer. It's not, it's not designed for pro work. So you have to decide at that point, like, am I, if I'm going for portability, MacBook Air is great, but for like the, the quote unquote real work jobs where I'm going to be moving a bunch of pixels around the screen, or I'm going to be chopping a bunch of stuff up and working with tons of files at a, at a minimum, you're going to want to have a huge monitor for doing that on anyway, which the MacBook air doesn't, um, doesn't provide you with. So you need to have a separate monitor or alternatively, um, 
what a lot of people do is you have the MacBook Air as your travel machine and you have like, you know, a beefy iMac or a, or a, uh, you know, garbage can Mac, Mac pro, um, to do all of that, uh, that kind of editing with beefy, beefy. Yes. Yes. I, it's, it's really fascinating to me that our phones are getting bigger and our computers are getting smaller. <laughs> like when I look at, uh, when we were looking at Chromebooks, my wife, I was like, oh, it's so small and light and you could be mobile with it. But oh yeah, you have to have internet 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. But then I kept thinking to myself, I don't know. I I have the Monster 17-inch uh, <laughs> MacBook Pro. <laughs> yep. And so to me, to get a smaller screen, I think I could go partially insane. Because <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm stuck with my stubbornness of I'm a video editor, damn it. And so my yep. resolution is going to be 1920 by, you know, what is it, 1600 so yep, that I yep. can look at full HD. And <laughs> also, um, I need a magnifying glass <laughs> on right. the 17-inch. So yeah. So, yeah, I every time I think about, oh, it's almost time to upgrade, like... To to like like you said like the fifteen inch you know they don't even make the seventeen inch anymore and like right after I got mine or I think the same year they started making I think it was the next batch actually they started making a fifteen inch that could do full HD and I was like oh great now they do it and I was like but I have all this <laughs> like screen real estate so yeah. lucky me but. Um, I mean, actually, you know what I previously worked on, that like ruined me. I sometimes still, when I'm at home, like cry because I don't have two 27-inch Samsung monitors like I did at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like literally using the chair to spin around and right, see the so other Right, so you could see both things, yeah. Yeah, I know. So now I'm like, wow, this is, I'm filling up all these windows. That's I really it. just... I was just going to say, I really think like uh, I would be happy too with like maybe a projector, uh, you know, plugged into my ceiling here. And then I could just like wing windows I'm not using like up onto the wall somewhere until I need to grab them down again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lazy to minimize people. Yeah. I, uh, I have the occasional, um, I have the occasional night where I get to work from uh work from home or day where I get to work from home and um so the thing that I love about my 27-inch iMac is that it has this thing called uh target display mode um and so I can take my my work laptop is a Thunderbolt uh laptop and my iMac is a Thunderbolt iMac so I have a Thunderbolt cable that goes from one end to the other and I press like Command F2 on my uh, iMac, and all of a sudden it says, Hey, laptop, I'm a Thunderbolt display. And I have this gigantic 27 inch display to work on. And at that point, like my 15 inch is still open, and I can, like, if I want to, I could throw a window on it, but I'm not even using it. Like everything goes on the 27 inch monitor at that point. And I just work from that because having a huge display with a large number of pixels is the best way to get a lot of work done. Um, 
and be able to see ever, especially when you're doing at least with with web programming, and this is true with video editing too, because there's a lot of Chrome, even if you're only using one program, like if, even if you're only using Final Cut Pro, there's like 10 windows to Final Cut Pro to really be using it. Um, and there's, uh, with web editing, you've got, um, some people use like an all-in-one, uh, like uh, Dreamweaver or maybe uh, Coda from Panic, which is another great uh, piece of software. Um but if uh, you're working on something that doesn't really fit into one of those models, then usually you've got your browser open so that you can hit refresh and see what the page looks like now, or hopefully you've got some kind of auto-refreshing widget. Um, you've probably got a console open so that you can like keep an eye on Git and do... Um, uh, do your <laughs> deploys or testing or SSH into servers. You've probably got an actual console open so that you can be monitoring a log file. Um, and of course you've got a text, uh, text editor window open so that you can be editing code. That text editor probably has like 30 tabs open because you're jumping between different files to be testing things and doing all of that in on just a 15 inch laptop. Um, it's certainly doable and you get pretty good with keyboard commands of like switching windows and jumping between tabs and doing all of that stuff. But you end up, that ends up being a huge time suck of like, where did I put that thing that I was just working on a second ago? Command tab, command tab, command tab, command tilde, command tilde, command tilde. Uh, there it is. Uh, whereas you've got a 27 inch monitor, it's like, I'll just leave the windows open and they don't even have to overlap and I will just look in the corner and that's where that thing is. And I'll look in the other corner and hit refresh. Like all my work is done now. That's definitely what I want to do. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep petitioning at work to be like, Hey guys, could I get a 27 inch monitor? Could I get a 27 inch monitor? Because (laughs) even though, I don't do all that much coding anymore when I do when I am doing it I just know I can get a lot more done a lot faster with that large screen um and I uh if they if they say something to the effect of well we need to get the graphic designers monitor nice monitors first I would say yes you do as soon as possible cuz they'll get more done if they have a bigger screen and then you can get me one too because I need one thanks bye <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who is in the chat room? Master Sean. Good Master Sean. Crazy. Crazy indeed. Crazy like a fox. <laughs> it's our friendly neighborhood audio Jedi ninja scientist. Boosh. Oh yeah, is that is that a Kingdom of Loathing reference? Uh, the Isn't there audio- the uh, pirate ninja zombie uh, familiar that you can have? Yeah, he's a ninja pirate robot. I think. <laughs> yeah, you need to have like a pirate spleen or something like that. There's like a certain rare thing that you have to. That you have to yeah. find in order to be able to uh, meet craft uh, that particular familiar. No, but yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. We were audio ninjas yeah, in class. Yeah, right. But yes, that uh, my um, ninja pirate uh, robot, the 
on Kingdom of Loathing was named Kit. From my rival. <laughs> I had one as well, but I'm certain that it's gone now. I'm one of those people that got in there and like did lots and lots of meat farming so that you could uh, end up buying one of those and then had one for a while and then uh, did a couple of iterations where I took that familiar with me from like life to life. And then I ended up getting just like getting out of the habit of going to kingdom of loathing. And then they, they do that thing where they like expire your account after a certain amount of time. If I remember right, like, yeah, they give you a year or something like that. And then it's like, okay, you haven't logged in. We're going to claim all your stuff and return it to the world now. Thanks. Bye. I think after, (laughs) I think after a year they put you like, uh, you get some weird status like, hey, I haven't uh, logged in in a while, so it's like dormant or something. And then probably like in six months or the next year, they, they kill you. Sure. <clears throat> so, because I, I have a um, a clan, which is like, uh, I named uh, something like the, what was that clan? It was something about Sean's mom, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Rudely enough. <laughs> Uh, and, um, <laughs> and in the clan, there's like a couple of people who joined and like, oh, it says inactive. That's what it is. Yeah. my brain just saw that. Um, but uh, yeah, um, there's a couple of people who are always like inactive and I'm like, wow, they keep remembering to log in, which is funny because I keep remembering to log in too. So <laughs> But I'm always amazed because I never see them like online. They never write any messages. And I was actually thinking of joining my own clan, somewhere, another clan somewhere else to get better goodies. But uh, <laughs> I have not. Yeah. I w- so I was one of those cheaters that used uh, that used one of those. Um, All those grease monkey scripts. Yeah, yeah, it was a grease monkey script that would that would go to the mountain and hunt the yetis um so that you could uh so that you could stockpile uh stores of meat faster. Um and I I used that up until I could buy the uh the spleen thing that I was going for. And then I and then I didn't use it anymore because I wanted to actually experience the adventures. Uh, as a kingdom of loathing adventurer, an adventurer was me. See, I was always all about the accordion thief, and his <laughs> his uh, biggest stat was Moxie. So he got out of fights and got into fights with Moxie, and then after a few, you know, times of playing through, people kept saying, no, you got to be like a pasta mancer or a saucer because you can <laughs> make all these cool things. And so that's pretty much when I lost interest is because I started playing as a pasta mancer and I was horrible at it because I was so used to being able to fight my way through things and now you have to use oh, magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I just couldn't change my old man ways. <laughs> Ninja Pirate Zombie Robot. That's my familiar kit. That's right. Yep. And uh, the clan is, if you're interested in joining our clan, oh, Sean was a SEAL Clubber. I, uh, the clan that um, I don't even know if I'm still, I belong to it, but I don't know if I'm the head of it anymore, is the Holy Order of Sean's Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. 
All right, I will. Uh, I will get back on Kingdom of Loathing, and I will attempt to join your clan. I'm well. You don't have to. I'm just. Uh, I, my problem is, I think I'm really close to being done with this life, so that I can take the pasta mancer skill with me. Ah, uh, okay. But so I don't want to start over. But you can just like start right. over, and, right? But you know, if I take it with me, then like I can use it. I think I've been through as a sorcerer, so I can make sauce. And now, if I finish this pasta mancer thing, I can get the sauce or the pasta thing. So I'll be the Mac if I get through it. But yeah, there you go. It takes time because I have all the other goodies from my uh, accordion thief. So. Yeah, I believe uh, Pasta Manser was what I went through my first time as. And I think I, uh, the second time around I went for Saucer, and then I can't remember if I ended up completing that or going up, going for a third round and picking something else. Um, Seal Clubber sounds familiar, so I might have, I might have tried to do that the uh, third time around, but. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if these people keep logging in or not because my I don't think my friend uh, Tim, uh, I don't think he's logged in in forever. I could be wrong. <laughs> but it, he's still listed in clan members and his um, status is just inactive. So you may find your account somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting. It's like remembering the um, login to that uh, X-Serve that uh, my friend sold you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like thinking we should have him on as guests so that we can just simply ask him, what's the login to that? Will you tell us? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'll put that. That'll be the new That'll be the new streaming hardware. I'll just fire up that XServe exclusively to like catch the audio from the board and, and stream it out to the internet. That'll be the only thing it does. <laughs> It'll s- that- sit in the basement and sound like a jet engine capturing yeah, audio and sending it out. I was going to say, it has to be in the basement because I hear it's loud. <laughs> Although now I want to get one of those like little decibel tester doohickey things. Yeah. And then we can compare, like, what's louder, your old iMac or this XServe? <laughs> we can put them, we'll load that, we'll give them their own Skype channels and we can just put them on this, on... <laughs> On the audio board as well. Put them on the live channel when we're not talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I would just do that so then I could like listen to it while I like try to like download something from my subsonic server. Oh, the fans really kicked in. <laughs> oh yes, the power team. That's right. Sean was a seal clubber because of the power team references we had at work. Yes, Sean and I worked together. That's how I met in college and university in the resource room and the equipment room, but mostly the resource room, which, <laughs> which was where students would check out dark rooms when their photo students or video students would check out editing suites to edit. And I think... At our school, I don't know if they showed up at the school or it was like an advertisement, but the power team came to the area and they were a bunch of bodybuilder dudes who would like actually um, 
rip phone books in half and do all these like feats <laughs> of like wonderment. Um, because not because they were bodybuilders, but because they had the power of Christ. So they were, ah, yeah, they were like a religious like bodybuilding team. And yes, yeah, exactly. The power of Christ compels you. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Holy, not Keanu Reeves. I swear. <laughs> um, that's actually going to be a show coming out. Um, Constantine, I'm, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah. The long like long teaser I saw made it look really interesting. Um so who knows. Uh but yeah, anyway, so we we started the anti-power team for whatever reason and we did like horrible horrible things. Um <laughs> We like we um I don't know. It was like we did like crazy things to like power tanning beds and things like that. <laughs> we should save this for when we get Master Sean on the show as a guest. That's true. I can there Sean, it, I um I know that um I just when I found Sean in my contacts today and I looked him up, um I actually found him on the Facey book and um <laughs> I was recently reminded by Mr. Matthew Carey of our school that uh, no one ever uses the anti-power team Facebook page that we made. So ah. there you go, Sean. You have to find the anti-power team page. Yes. Um, and promote the hell out of Montreal sauce on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. For the like five members. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that would like quintuple our listenership. So this is true. <laughs> It would yeah. be a, a resource room reunion, really, but... <laughs> yes. Yes, it would be the same. Like, Sean and I would just talk, and then you would just sit here going, um, guys, can I get a room? <laughs> so, yeah. That's good. I actually like... So, we just did that, the um, the the double episode with, um, with Jonah Bailey, and uh, I liked... I like in that one and the previous guest episode that we did with uh, Daniel Hogan. Um, I like sort of sitting back and letting you do a little bit of an interview with the guest um, and getting more of the guest time uh, on it as well. So um, that I actually like that dynamic of the show. Uh, and then if you if it feels like you know there's an awkward spot um, that you haven't quite filled in yet i can jump in there um but those shows feel really tight to me so uh i like how they uh i like how they uh turn out yeah i definitely like a third person is like really awesome just because it, it takes conversations in new areas like where we just sort of compliment each other because we're in love so <laughs> right <laughs> So what did you do with ArcOS this week, Chris? <laughs> I taught it to bake you a cake. Um. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I need more cake baking appliances in my life. Oh, there's the title for this show. There you go. That's that, I'm assuming this is probably episode 6 at this point cuz I've got about an hour at the on the uh on the uh, recorder, so. 
Word. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely want to get to, that's why I was making a hit list. Uh, where's my, um, potential guest? Yes. Uh, I was trying to find someone from like Canada to help represent with me. Yeah, there you go. May have to just invite them here though, so that I have a, but I don't, I only really have one mic, but that's not bad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, another person I thought uh, we could maybe possibly have as a guest is uh, Mr. Jordan. Oh, yeah. He does like to watch himself um, some movies and shows, and yeah. we often discussed it at work a lot together <laughs> when I worked with him. And yeah, he pretty- could um, he could come here as well. I could get him patched into the board. Because at some point, the other one that I was thinking of doing was um, a... Uh, Reunion. Yes, a reunion. So we would get Paul on the line, and then Tina could sit in here with me so we could have all four of us. It would be a four-person episode. Boom. Blowing the doors (laughs) off. (laughs) Taking it to the limit. Taking it to the limit. (laughs) You can't control Montreal sauce. (laughs) You can't handle the sauce. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably white. Right. 